Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Crucial Conversations. Last week, I said Crucial Productions at this point. I was totally wrong, (laughs) but I'm Peter. And I'm Kevin. And we managed to get that right this time, so that was nice. Hey, Crucial Productions, however, is the organization that produces this podcast. So if you want to know more about us, head over to crucialproductions.org. And if you want to support what we're doing, any little bit would help crucialproductions.org slash give that would be awesome today kevin we're going to talk about prayer now i don't think it would be overstating it maybe it is to say that this is one of the most abused misunderstood confusing and yet most simple things about scripture in our lives as christians what what do you say to all that because it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> I think that's true in some ways. Prayer is one of those things that you kind of feel like you don't even have to know anything about God to do. Yeah. It, it, you could say that it comes naturally to us. Yeah, it kind of seems like it. And in our worst situations, the worst things we're going through, human beings turn to prayer. Yeah. It's just something we do. Yeah. Whether you believe in the triune God or some other sort of entity or force. Or even nothing at all. Yeah. They still kind of call out for help. Yeah. Then, which is interesting. Yeah. So sometimes when we talk about things, we kind of present the wrong way to do it first. We're not going to do that today. <laughs> Unless, did we already do that? Maybe. A we kind bit. of already okay. did a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> Go ahead with your positivity. (laughs) Happy, shiny positivity on prayer. Now you're going to get me on an alliteration thing for the whole rest of the episode. This is just going to be awful. Okay. So prayer, we were talking about this last Friday in a a Bible study you were leading on Romans, which was fantastic. We're in Romans chapter 8. And one of the things you said is that prayer at its most basic is simply us confessing to God that we are not God. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> and I liked it. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Okay, let's let's flesh that out a little bit. Let's talk about let's let's use that as our starting point for what prayer is. Not as like necessarily the all encompassing be all end all definition, but at right. the very least, this is a good starting point for us to orient ourselves properly around what prayer is or what it should be. Yeah, I think I think that what we were talking about in Romans eight was where Paul talks about how hope that is seen is not really any hope at all. And then he transitions right into this idea of prayer. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about prayer is that it's, it's us confessing that I actually can't handle the things in my life that I need. Mm -hmm. And, And not just in some pious, well, God is the number one guy, therefore I should make sure to remember that he's the number one guy. No, I, I actually need Jesus God. take the wheel. Right, Jesus take the wheel <laughs> kind of stuff. I, I need God. Yeah. And when I pray, part of that prayer is the confession that I'm not God and I need him. So I ask him. I ask him for things. Mm-hmm. I I pray, I praise him because he is God. Um, I praise him because as God, he's had mercy on me, a sinner. Um, I remind myself who he is 
so I'll talk about qualities of God. Um, I also will repeat back to God the things that he's already told me in his word. Mm -hmm. So one of the best prayers is actually to pray scripture. Yeah. Right. And we'll get to that. Yep. But also the very basis of the idea that that prayer is asking. It just is really is asking. And why am I asking God? Because he's God and I'm not. Yeah. He's the right person to ask. He's the person is weird. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's the, the right, right persons to ask. Yeah. Well, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be careful there too. Yeah, um, exactly. He's the right divine essence. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're going to ask for something, you want to go to the thing, person, God that can give it to you. Yeah. So I ask for daily bread cause he can give it. Yep. I don't ask you for daily bread. Um, you might be able to help me for a bit, but you can't actually give me what I really need. Sure. So part of, of prayer, as we conceive of it, as we think about it, is really a confession that I'm not God and I need him desperately. And, and this ties into what we've been talking about and will continue to talk about this idea of trust is that because prayer is a confession that we are not God, it also teaches us to trust in God as our provider of everything that we need. Kevin's looking around for noises. It's noisy. <laughs> there's a there's a noise. It's somewhere. winter, so the heater is on. Oh, fun! Yeah, it's still better than the breathing episode. I can it's, breathe a little bit. Yeah, for if, you. if any of you guys have listened to episode what thirteen, yeah, that's the breathing episode. Breathing. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, but this idea that this is trust and it points us to God and trusting in Him, as we recognize we are not God, He is the one who provides everything for us. Therefore, He is also to be trusted which for is, everything. Which is just pagan. I mean, it's just, it's just a pagan <laughs> thought, you know? Uh, um, and, and this is why, as in everything, prayer finds its promises in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. What in the world would give me the idea that I should ever approach God and ask him for something? Sure. As far as I know, my only standing before God is guilty. Right. And, and why would he listen to me? Why would I think he's even on my side? Why would I think that God would want to give me good things? That's what Christ does. Remember, grace is God's, you want to say, God's favor for us because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And prayer is part of that. I now come before God as his child because of what Jesus has done. See, that's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Yeah, my trust when I pray comes from Jesus very death and resurrection as the action of God to reconcile me unto my heavenly father. And now he is my gracious and heavenly father, not because of anything I've done, not because of any merit or worthiness in me, not because mm -hmm. I come before him and say, you know, God, I've been working really hard at the IC for you, you know. <laughs> Um, no, we come before God humbly in prayer because of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and tr not just humbly, but also firmly trusting that he hears us because he promises to hear us. And when God makes promises, we know those promises are kept in Christ right. for us. And, and this is actually now we've come to the distinction between general prayer or pagan prayer, as you said, and Christian prayer. Right. There actually is a difference, and it's the difference that makes all the difference, 
between these two because we are praying in Jesus' name because of what he has done. Right. Our trust flows from that, not simply as you as as I was saying earlier, just this idea, well, there's this big God and he's bigger than me and therefore I'm going to trust him because he's bigger than me. No, it actually is a trust because of Christ, even though the bigger than me is also true. <laughs> but but really, and, and we don't want to get off too much on tangent on this, but, but really, even I want you to think this through, like in, in praise songs and praise ideas, mm-hmm. sometimes we get stuck praising God because he's huge. Because he's big, yeah. And, and I got to be honest, I'm kind of scared of a big God. Mm-hmm. I need a God who, who is big and yet on my side. See, if he's just big and I've made him mad or I've transgressed his law or I've I've proven myself to be unworthy of his love and he's gigantic and all-powerful. He's an awesome God. I'm in deep trouble. Yep. And, and he's coming back and he's always with me and always watching. These are scary things. <laughs> I need... I need a savior. Yeah. And and as as Luther taught us, I need a savior from that God. Mm. Right? Yep. That in Christ God loves us. You see, it's it's not that he deals with us according to our sins, but he now deals with us on behalf of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's the root of my prayer. Right? Yep. It's it's not just he's a big God out there. But he's a big, gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You know, he rejoices in showing love to his children. Yep. These are these are the things that we conceive of when we come before our God in prayer, right? Yeah. And he's almighty. So he loves me <laughs> and he's almighty, which means whatever there is in my life that I need, I can bring it before God in prayer. Which is what Jesus taught us to do. So we, we of course, if we're going to have an episode on prayer, you need to talk about the Lord's Prayer because that's, well, foundational for everything. This is what Jesus said when his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And and he told them how. So, and, and this is something we should say. It mm-hmm. is the best prayer. You yes. cannot improve upon it. Yep. You, when you can't Jesus make up a better you, one. You can't. Even Luther's morning and evening prayer, as much as we like those. Yeah, they're good, yeah. but... They're not as good as the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, uh, very practically, that we are going to affirm, which is very rich in our tradition as Lutherans, is to pray the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Make sure that is a prayer that you are praying daily. You know, it's it's a wonderful thing to teach your children, to pray it for your family devotions. When you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, you know, whenever you find yourself praying, the Lord's Prayer is good. Mm-hmm. It'll work. And you know, it fits everything it, it just yeah it's <laughs> it's the prayer jesus gave us I, I i was trying to think is there a situation where the lord's prayer is simply inappropriate i haven't come up with one yet yeah i don't think so <laughs> I think, yeah now, now if we get comments finding yeah. ones where it's inappropriate that'll be very interesting yeah bring it uh, yeah you know let us let us know what you think of that yeah so so here's the other we're going to talk about some of the common phrases that we mm-hmm. hear about prayer, other ideas about prayer that we believe are not biblical, that aren't in line with scripture. Um, and one of those, so as we talk about the Lord's Prayer and encouraging you to pray the Lord's Prayer, by the way, we have a couple episodes on the yeah. Lord's Prayer. Uh, look back when we were doing the large catechism series. Right. I believe there are two episodes on that. So you can listen to those, get even uh, deeper into the Lord's Prayer itself, what it teaches us and 
all of that. But my because of my background, not growing up Lutheran in the various evangelical circles that I was in, there's this idea that if a prayer is written down or if somebody else wrote it or um, if it's a really old one that everybody's got memorized and you can say it by rote and you tune out because you're so familiar with it, a prayer of that kind has its place. It's not that it's you can't use it at all, but many times the impression is, yeah, you should really come up with a prayer from your heart. And with you, the exception being the prayer that saves you, well, yes. which you're supposed to repeat. Word for word, right? Which Asking Jesus into your in heart. Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little odd when you get into those those circles. And I've I've certainly um, been in discussion with people who would say those kinds of things. Yeah. Oh, you Lutherans, you don't really pray because you're just using someone else's prayer, and you're not even thinking it. You're just you know you need to come with your own from your heart or from right whatever orifice it comes D- from. Depending on if you like Latin or not, ex right. corde is ex-corde. the phrase you might hear from the heart. Yeah. Uh, I think we are, we're the only ones who actually use that to talk about that. I've never heard that. And we really <laughs> don't even use it. We just say it to sound smart. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but this gets to the idea of prayer. And, and like I said, we have a very rich history in this in the Lutheran Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not see prayer as primarily my opportunity to impress God. Right. We, we just don't. Or my um, prayers are not an offering to God, which is another, as if the, a good prayer, a good kind of prayer, the best prayer will be pleasing to God and in the sense that it's a good work for him that he likes. Yeah, I, that's an interesting way to say it. Don't try to impress God with your prayers. Or he's, other people. He's not going to be impressed. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is, is if you're praying and you're worried about what someone else is thinking about your prayer, um, you're either a, a pastor who is leading worship and you're <laughs> supposed to make sure your prayers are something that everyone can understand and say amen to, which is a good thing. And, and you're saying the name of one of your members and you don't want to mess it right, up. Right, you don't want to mess it up. That'd be offensive. And that's fine because <laughs> you're leading public worship. But if, if, you're, if you're praying with other people and you're thinking more about how they're going to feel about your prayer or if they're going to be impressed by the way you pray that's not prayer anymore Mm -hmm. that's something else yeah um remember the lord's prayer is a good prayer and the other really good prayer to pray goes like this lord have Have mercy. mercy so and i'm not kidding yeah um i actually do lead you know in my bible studies i like to pray with people and things like that and, and at the end of my bible study uh, we pray, Lord, have mercy. That's our prayer. Mm-hmm. And then we pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, this is actually a very good thing to do. And this will address some of the concerns that we have and some of the questions, too, is that um, we get a little tied up somehow in how to pray the right prayer. Yeah. And one of the things that I suggest that that people get used to trying, um, even at, at home with your family, is, is first of all, like we said, always pray the Lord's Prayer. It's always great. Yep. Don't neglect that. <laughs> but if you're looking for a way to pray for specific petitions, you're like, I want to pray for my uncle who's sick, right? Right. And, we, and we're not sure how to word it. We're not sure even what to pray for. This is the great tool the church has given us. Do you know what you do? You say, for Uncle Peter. I was going to say Bob. Bob. But yeah. Let us pray to the Lord. And then you say, Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. See, you don't have to tell God what to do. 
you don't have to inform anybody of, of what God's supposed the, to be reaction to your prayer, prayer as announcement. Right. It's not. <laughs> you can simply say, I want to pray. And, and the best formula is to say, for this. Mm-hmm. And then you say, let us pray to the Lord. And everyone gathered says, Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. And your actual prayer is, Lord, have mercy. And let God sort it out. <laughs> right? I mean, and this works even for children. Yeah. You know, they can say, for my teachers at school. Let us pray to the Lord. And yep. we all say, Lord, have mercy for for Jimmy who scraped his knee, you know, or large things, small things, things that you don't know what to say for for that person at work that I, I can't figure out how to witness to. Mm-hmm. Let us pray to the Lord. You know, I mean, whatever it is, you can just present the petition. And then the simple prayer is, Lord, have mercy. And again, it's the confession that we're just laying before God. Our entire lives, right? The things that concern us, the people we love, uh, the things we don't understand, whatever it is, we mm-hmm. just lay it before God and trust in His mercy. Which again, Peter is found where? In Christ. In Christ. Yeah. So we don't have to doubt His mercy, right? Mm-hmm. God has mercy. We know that. We also don't have to tell God what He's supposed to do. <laughs> So that that brings up one of the questions we have in the Grok Moot, which is our Facebook group, which you can find links to that in the show notes down below. I'm, I'm pointing down below, I but they that. can't you see do me pointing down below. Um, so it's it's a it's a closed Facebook group. You can join it, answer the three questions to get in, um, and if I like your answers, I shall approve you. <laughs> that's a little uh, even if he doesn't really like them, but they're okay. He'll let right. You. Yeah, that's actually more true. Um, it's it's a private group, but for podcast episodes we will post hey on this post only we will use your first name and share your question so other than that everything in there is private so that you guys can actually talk through a lot of these things and have a safe place to discuss your struggles and theological questions and and work through that so with that being said christopher has a question that i think really gets at some of what we're talking about right now many churches have prayer teams prayer chains prayer warriors etc Some Christians believe that if they just get enough people praying for something, say a healing from cancer or something like that, then God will hear and then he must answer and to their liking. Can you speak to this idea of quantity prayers mattering more than, say, a single prayer that is offered in faith? There's a whole lot wrapped up in there, but I think we start, I I asked this question because we talked about praying the right kind of prayer at the right time in the right way, saying the right words. And if you do it in this way or with enough people, um, well, then your, your prayer will be answered. And we haven't really talked about how does God answer a prayer. So that might be a good time to get into that. So, so this is where we start saying what prayer isn't. Prayer is not your opportunity to tell God how he's supposed to be doing things. Yeah. It's not my opportunity to let God know where he's falling down on the job or to give him a to-do list. Yeah. Um, A lot of times we conceive of prayer as now that I've mentioned it, God has to act. Yeah. Or if I get enough people to mention it. Right. Or or if I I get enough people to sign the petition, then now Mm -hmm. God is bound to go by our will on this this prayer thing that I've accumulated thousands of people to agree with me that a certain person should be healed or a certain mm-hmm. situation should be resolved or, or God should bless in a certain way. 
that's really not prayer. <laughs> I mean, the, the good thing is you're the, all going to the same place and saying we need God's help. And that's right. wonderful. Please do that. Right. Please get all your friends to pray. Please get the church to pray together. Please uh, express your needs and wants to God with other people in prayer. Be- because this then becomes a corporate confession yeah. altogether of God. I can't handle this. We can't handle this. As a church, we can't handle this. We need you to because you're God and you revealed your promises in Christ to us. And so we come to you with this. And the positive side of that is because God has invited us to. Yeah. God wants us to pray. He wants his entire church to be in prayer. He says, this is crazy. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Yeah. Pray all the time. Philippians. Weird. Actually, First Thessalonians, but that's okay. I don't. First oh. Thessalonians five seventeen. It's one of the easiest verses memorized the entire Bible. It's literally oh, pray right. without I should know that. We've got it on ceasing. posters everywhere. Yes, we do. Um, so First Thessalonians <laughs> five seventeen. Pray without ceasing. And Luther talks about it in such a way that because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and the Holy Spirit is constantly praying, that we are always praying. Right? Mm-hmm. That that's the reality of being a Christian is that we're always yep. in prayer because of the Holy Spirit. Which, which is wonderful, um, but it also means that the church does join together in prayer. Throughout Scripture, we are encouraged to pray with the church. Mm-hmm. So prayer, just like everything else, by the way, right, is not individualistic. Which we talked about last week. There are right. no Lone Ranger no Christians. Lone Ranger and no Lone Ranger prayers. Yeah. If you happen to be alone and can't be with other Christians, you can still pray. Right. <laughs> but the desire is always to pray with the Christians assembled around you. Bearing one another's burdens. Right. Yeah. And praying for the church. Yep. See, and and we don't want to get in the mode where um, if I get a thousand people to pray with me, God will listen more than if I get 50 people. Which that very way of looking at prayer, I think it came home to me as being problematic, being a missionary kid growing up in Africa, where that is animism. I mean, mm-hmm. that is how animistic religions work, where yes. you need to manipulate the spirits. You need to, whether it's appease them or please them or, you know, through your offerings or through your rituals, that if you appease the spirits or the ancestors or the demons, whatever the other side is in, in the religious structure there, if you do the right things, the right ritual, say the right things, get enough people doing it. I mean, their, their entire system is built up where the whole village has to do it properly. The whole family has to do it properly. If you don't, if the head of the house doesn't do it properly, the entire family is cursed. I mean, that that's, that's animism. And so when you look at it from the perspective of, okay, this is what a pagan prayer looks like. This is what tribal animistic religions and Africa, Papua New Guinea, South America. I mean, I was an anthropology major, so you see it kind of all over the place. Um, that's how they pray. Well, then that can't be what our prayers to God are. And if we're treating them in that way, we've taken a very wrong turn uh, somewhere. Yeah, and that's exactly right. You, you, you've just turned prayer into something that God has to react to because of equality in me mm-hmm. or equality in us. Right. I've got a thousand people to agree with me that this is what God should do. Therefore, God is bound. Yeah. Now, listen to what Jesus says. 
This is in John, which means it's it's the best book of the Bible, of course. <laughs> um, John 15, starting verse 16, Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Now, he's talking to the 12, right? Mm-hmm. Well, really the 11 at this point. But he's, he's talking to his apostles. So we've got to be honest about that. We're not the apostles. Right. But we still take this to be kind of a teaching for the church, that this is how we're supposed to conceive of things, and the apostles are, are, are models for us in this, and Jesus is teaching us with the apostles here. Right? But this is a verse. The reason I bring this is because it's a verse that I've written quotes. Mm-hmm. So he goes on and he says this. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And then this is echoed in other places in the scripture where it says, whatever you ask for in Jesus' name, God's going to give it to you. And so I say, see, I found the loophole. God so is bound. I'm going to add a verse to that because David asked that very question. James 5, Good. verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Yeah, which means my prayers have nothing. Well, no, no, no. That's not I'm what you're supposed to do with righteous. that, Kevin. No, you're supposed to say that, therefore, because I'm a Christian, I'm a righteous therefore, man. Therefore, I'm righteous. Therefore, my prayers. And I'm not sure I ever want to approach God based on my righteousness. Hmm. I just don't think that's a winning combination. I think I will stand before God trusting in Christ's righteousness alone. Yeah. And the prayers that I pray will be prayed in his righteousness. And again, James drives us back to the same point, that our prayers are acceptable before God because of Jesus. Yeah. Trusting in Jesus. Yes, gather together with the elders and the entire church and pray because prayer is powerful and effective. Why? Because God promises. Mm -hmm. See, we're always driving to God doing things for us because he promises, yeah. because he loves, because he has grace, because he has mercy. Whenever we turn that and we say, now God has to because I, now we're in deep trouble. Now, I want to bring up Romans 8, go back to that a little bit, because when Paul talks about how the Spirit helps us in this, I actually find that to be very helpful, also liberating, because mm-hmm. it, it gets at that idea of, I don't know what to pray. I'm scared to pray the wrong prayer in the wrong way. Uh, So reading once again in Romans 8, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So as we were talking about this on Friday, the Holy Spirit actually fixes our prayers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's, it's like, oh that seems okay. to be what Paul's as, saying. Yeah, there. as the Holy Spirit is interceding before God the Father, we we pray our prayer and the Holy Spirit says, Okay, you're you're in Christ. You're a Christian. So what you meant to pray right. was was this. I'm gonna fix it and that's the petition that I'm actually gonna bring before the Father. God the Father. Right. <laughs> Which honestly I'd never thought about it in that way before. I mean, you always think the groaning's too deep for words. I've that's a very it's like, oh, I don't know what to pray, so the Holy Spirit will pray for me. Mm-hmm. 
it's more than that. Yeah. I, it's, it's that I actually don't know what to pray. All my prayers are probably wrong, but the Holy Spirit is fixing them. So yeah. I keep praying them. I don't stop praying all my wrong prayers because I don't know. I, I mean, really, I don't know if they are right or wrong. Right. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> uh, it, it's because of my sinful nature that I'm assuming they're probably wrong. And yet, because of God in Christ, the Holy Spirit fixes even that. Right. So let's let's review here. There are two kinds of prayers. The first prayer is when you pray for things that God has promised to give. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness of sins, eternal life, you know, the things that, that God has said. I am going to give those to you. Yeah. You never doubt those prayers. Forgive our sins. Right. Lead us not into temptation. You don't have to say, if it's your will. <laughs> I mean, we know that's his will. So so one kind of prayer is when we're praying for the things that God has promised to give us in Christ, and we don't doubt those. Mm-hmm. We pray them without any concession to, if it be your will. We always pray in light of his mercy because of Jesus Christ, but we don't say, well, if it's your will, do this. No, we know it's his will to forgive our sins in Christ. So when we repent of our sins... We know, we can believe that forgiveness is his will for us, mm-hmm. right? We can believe all the things that he's promised to give us. Those kind of prayers we don't worry about. And the Holy Spirit doesn't need to even fix them. Yep. Because they're already answered in Christ. Right. But the kind of prayers you're talking about, the prayers when they're they're kind of the, the daily prayers, the things in your life that aren't promised explicitly in Scripture. Like, and, and we keep going back to this example, so, but... Or as Roger says, as he asks in the Grokamut, how do we properly pray for needs? How do right. we distinguish for between needs. needs and wants? And wants. Yeah. And, and sometimes I don't know if, if what I want is what I need or if I'm just being selfish <laughs> and, and Western American yeah. in my viewpoint of the world. You know, sometimes the things that I think I need, God's saying, no, you don't need that. And that's where the Holy Spirit interprets our prayers. And, and, and again, don't forget that not only is the Holy Spirit interceding, but Jesus himself intercedes for us before the Father. Mm-hmm. And you remember this, is that the entire Trinity, the Father rejoices to hear your prayers. Jesus is the one who, in whom we pray and through whom we pray, and he intercedes for us. And the Holy Spirit is gives us the faith to pray and also intercedes for us. The entire Trinity is involved in your prayer life. Right. And he loves it when you pray because you are his child and he loves hearing from you just like us parents love hearing from our children. And here's the thing. And we said this on Friday. And I want to reiterate this for, for this audience as well is that when children pray. Don't correct them <laughs> unless they're praying to the wrong God. I was right? going to ask Which, you to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, this is part of the wonderful thing is that we've all experienced the prayer of a child that probably isn't theologically right, mm-hmm. but it's the prayer of faith. Well, and and that, we kind of marvel at it. Yeah. Which is actually one of the wonderful things about praying. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy is that, any prayer of any child then doesn't actually need to be corrected. Right. It's all, it's already God. Here it is in your mercy. Hear our prayer. I mean, when a, when a small child looks at you and says, I want to pray for my pet snail. And you say, why would you do that? And they, and it's because they believe that Jesus is involved in their life yeah. in every aspect that they they understand on some level that he actually cares about their pet snail because and because he loves them. Yeah, it's their pet snail. Because not. Jesus <laughs> loves me, I love this thing, therefore Jesus is involved in it. Yeah. And 
And I always think, what if I prayed that way? <laughs> what if I just believed that Jesus does what he promises? You mean actually had faith like a child, like Jesus tells yeah, us to? something like that. Yeah. In my prayer life. Yeah. So we got to wrap this up. But as you guys hopefully can see, there, there's so much to this prayer idea. It We don't ever want to get onto the, the idea that that my prayer is forcing God's hand. Mm -hmm. But we also don't want to get away from the reality that God has told us to pray and promised to hear them. Yeah. And he cares about what you care about. He wants to hear from you. I don't care what it is. Pray about it. He already knows you're thinking it. You might as well pray about it. So how do we know if God answers our prayer? He does. He promises. Well, but he doesn't always say yes to the thing that I ask for. And so... This is the theology of the cross, is that we look to the place where it doesn't even look like God is answering Jesus's prayer hmm. to see the God answering prayer, is that we look to the cross of Jesus Christ and we say promises of God made and kept, mm -hmm. which means my prayers will be answered. He's not, not necessarily, and not ever satisfy my desires yeah. in that but i trust in the god who gives me salvation to also give me everything as paul says in romans 8 he who did not spare his only son but graciously gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things see when you when you understand god through the death and resurrection of jesus then you see god on your side and mm -hmm. that god invites you to pray and he says, I will hear your prayers and I will answer them in what's best for you and what's best for whoever you're praying for, what's best for the world, what's yeah. best, God will answer them. Now, again, we are humble. And so I, I want to recognize as I pray, and I, I often do pray this way. I will, and this is, I don't want to too personal, but a lot of times <laughs> I, I begin my prayer with two, two petitions or two concessions sometimes. One is I'm about to fall asleep, so forgive me if I fall asleep <laughs> while I'm praying. <laughs> but the other one is I don't know if you want my input, but in case you are wondering, this is how I want you to do things. And then I'll tell him, you know, heal this person, take care of this, right. um, you know, watch over my daughters and keep them safe, you know, all these things. And I say, but that's just my will. Yeah. Let your will be done because I trust that your will is best. And then this kind of wraps up everything all together. The, from the beginning of this episode where we talked about prayer as a confession that we're not God. Moving into prayer in trusting in God's promises in Jesus Christ. And now ending with prayer actually changing our will to line up with the will of God. And that's been one of the things that's been helpful to me as I humanly look at, well, God, you didn't answer that prayer the way I wanted you to. Well, the actual answer is not my will. And so it's it's a matter of my will needing to be conformed to God's will as opposed to, like you said, God, here's how I'd like you to do yeah. things. <laughs> so to sum up, three things to remember about prayer. You're not God. Trust in God, in Jesus Christ, because of the promises he's given. And it's his will, not our will. you have anything else to add to those three? I would think the other thing is, and this is something that, that I'm still working through myself, is learn to pray the words of Scripture. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of people in our, in our tradition that have 
repeated this idea that praying is simply repeating back to God what he's already told us. And that is a very good way to pray. Mm-hmm. You know, open the scriptures and pray them. Um, obviously, the Psalms, the Psalms is, are is, easy because <laughs> they're written as prayers. But even even praying narrative, just let your prayer time maybe not be what you're thinking in your head or in your heart, but let it be the word of God. Mm. And remember, when Luther talks about meditating, he's talking about meditating on the words of Scripture. Yeah. When the church talks about meditation, it's not talking about getting inside your head and running around for a while. Or emptying your mind. Or emptying your mind. It's actually talking about reading Scripture out loud. Over and over. Over and over. And and, and, and meditating on the words of Scripture. And this is part of the of Luther's view of prayer. Remember, he has this four, kind of this fourfold view of prayer in which the word of God instructs us, drives us to thanksgiving, drives us to confession. And the last thing he sa- he says is that word drives us to pray. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we're talking about with prayer is really best done in the word of God. Yeah. Open your scriptures, pray them. And then maybe with your family, pray the Lord's prayer, pray, Lord have mercy, and trust in Christ that just as Christ has died, just as Christ is risen, just as Christ is returning, so also that same God answers your prayers. Mm-hmm. He promises. This has been Crucial Conversations. If you guys have a topic you'd like Kevin and I to cover, we uh, also are looking at getting gear to uh, bring in other outside guests, which would be kind of cool too. So if you have ideas for that, go to our website. There's a Ask a Question link. Head over to the Grokmoot, ask us questions there, or send an email to questions at crucialproductions.org. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks.